0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of the Ball Hawks podcast. We are so pumped to be starting this. We've been talking about this for what, the better part of a year now? Uh, you can find us at BallHawks underscore pod on Twitter. I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me at SSFisher87. I am joined here with my co-host, as always, Chris Phillips. What's happening, buddy?
1: Steve, what's going on, my dude? Uh Doing well, man. How are you?
0: Always good. Always yeah, good.
1: Have, like you said, we've been talking about this for a good while now. Let's call it uh, the better part of year and, <laughs> and finally, a year. And <laughs> finally... Here here we are finally
0: Here we are, episode number one Remind everybody where they can follow you
1: uh, You can find me on Twitter uh, At phillipschris12 That's P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S uh, Chris, the number 12
0: Obviously the old uh, backwards-forwards Kind of thing The Daniels, Owens, Owens, Daniels, Phillips, Chris, Chris Phillips Exactly <laughs> Easy to remember <laughs> um,
1: Cam Jordan, Jordan Cameron Whatever <laughs>
0: Oh, that used to bother me so much. <laughs> Owen Daniels, Daniels, Owens, Cam like
1: just Do pick you, pick a different
0: name. Don't pick two first ever, names.
1: Did you ever see that episode of the league with Cam Jordan and Jordan Cameron on it? It's 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 a good one. If you haven't seen it, i, I highly recommend checking it out.
0: Great show. Um we are an NFL based podcast. We uh pretty much came together one Ravens fan, that's me. One Seahawks fan, that's Chris. That's me came together. Decided, like, let's battle over which bird is better and then decided, well, let's just not battle over which is better and let's just talk about football. Pretty simple. Um, We're going to start. There is so much going on in the NFL. This is the perfect time to be dropping a podcast. Um, Where else to start other than talking with a Seahawks fan about the Russell Wilson saga? I have never seen an NFL offseason with so much quarterback drama and two guys stand out. Obviously we're not going to talk as much about Deshaun. Um, give a, give us the quick little rundown on the Russell Wilson saga. What's been happening.
1: Where, where to start. I mean, uh, when the season ended, I, I remember I, I was texting with some, some friends of mine and saying, you know, it, this team needs to have a, a good long hard look in the mirror and uh nothing needs to be off the off the table russell included uh you know I not necessarily they should trade him uh but they should listen uh you know the door the phone should always be open and, and team should always be listening and i never thought that. Uh, that would really happen and that would come to fruition. And uh, I, I think it was right after the Super Bowl. I mean, we all all remember seeing Russ sitting up in the suite there with Roger Goodell and, and Sierra and how miserable he looked uh, just being there while he uh, sipped away at his uh, bottle of water. And uh, I, I think it was a day, a day or two later, he, it, he comes out or the, the news breaks that Russ isn't happy in Seattle. Russ thinks his line isn't good enough. Russ has been hit too much. He doesn't want to be hit anymore, and uh, and, and here we are. And you know, it, it's it, as as much as I want to tell myself it's not going to happen. There's no way the Seahawks trade Russ, Russell Wilson. Um, where there's smoke, there's fire, and you, you got to think something, something's going to give here. Um, do I think they're going to trade Russell Wilson? No. Uh, is that hopeful thinking? Probably. Um, I think this season plays out the way it's going to play out and or again, I'm hoping this season plays out the way it's going to play out. But I think at the end of the day, this is going to come down to the Seattle Seahawks having to choose between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll.
0: Yeah. I think you bring up some really good points there. I mean, even not being a Seahawks fan or whoever your team is, um, I think the best teams in the league consistently look at players and contracts as asset management do you want to get rid of Russell Wilson well of course you don't want to get rid of Russell Wilson like guy's a top five quarterback the most important position arguably in all of sports no you don't want to get rid of him but like you said where there's smoke there's fire like these things don't just materialize out of anywhere so you know if you're getting to those serious conversations where you're deciding between Pete Carroll between Russell Wilson, theoretically, if you had to choose. Um, yeah, you want that value for it. I mean, you and I, and probably the people listening to this, all of our zeros of followers right now, uh, probably play fantasy football as well. And it's it's really as simple as that. Like, um, Let's use an argument you and I have had throughout the years, the last couple of years here, um, me having Christian McCaffrey consensus number one pick um do i want to get rid of them of course i don't want to get rid of them i i never want to get rid of them but if somebody comes with the brinks truck and they're backing it up and they're saying you know here's a herschel walker type trade everybody has a price so i i i think the the big ones are like what can you get what can you live with and um if you get the deal, I think the big thing is pull the trigger on it.
1: And here's the big thing, you know, like, like you said, you know, circling it back to fantasy football um, with you and Chris, Christian McCaffrey. I'm on the other end of the spectrum there where I held on to Todd Gurley for probably a little bit too long and no team uh, in real football or uh, fake fantasy football wants to be in that position where, Uh, they felt like they held on to a guy for too long. And, I I mean, they say it all the time, football, it's a short career. Uh, Any snap, Russell Wilson is uh, one snap away from potentially career-altering, career-ending injury. And if the Seahawks don't pull the trigger now while he still holds value, Um, that hurts them worse in the long game uh, than it would be to trade them away. Now, Uh, you know, talking about what could I, what can I see? What, what would I be okay with? And, and, you know, when I was talking about texting my friends there at the end of the season, that they need to listen, that the phones need to be open. My friend asked me, what would it take for the Seattle for you to trade Russell Wilson? And I said, I don't even start without three firsts, two seconds and a starting caliber player.
0: And I think that's really, I feel like that's how probably most GMs start with things is like, okay, what's our value on Russell Wilson? What do we need in asset management coming back? But also when you look at a guy like Russell Wilson, three firsts and two seconds, those, just the picks alone, they're not guaranteed. So is Russ worth the same as like five people? Well, I think he's been showing it for a while that like he doesn't even need an offensive line. There's five guys right there, right? So you have to look at it like we're losing the best player at the position, top five player in the league, not just like at his position, but probably top five player in the league. Um, Yeah, we need all of that value. And I think you brought up another really good point that I think real GMs have to deal with. And of course the armchair ones with uh, fantasy football is when to pull the trigger. Like we, we talk about this all the time. You and I personally talk about this all the time. Like your girly idea, we've talked about trading girly in fantasy football. You got away with one by not trading them when the price was low you held won on a to him for t- you won a championship, so you can always like rest your hat on that. Um and then on the flip side, you held on to him for a little too long and you essentially got no value out of them, right? But then, you know, do you kick yourself in the butt if, you know, you you bite too early on it, like me last year with Travis Kelsey, trading him for a first round pick. Man, that's a dumb pick. But <laughs> you win some, but you, you lose some. You- so One of the things we've been talking about is um, this whole idea of where there's smoke, there's fire. So Russ says, or was it his agent that came out and said this, or was it Russ himself?
1: With the four teams. uh, It was his agent.
0: Okay, so his agent comes out and says, like, no, 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 no. no. We we don't want to trade. We don't need a trade. Because obviously there's no movement clause. He has full control over it. But, you know, we don't want the trade. But, of course, here are four teams. Like, I'm sorry. You you can't tell me we're not looking for a trade, but I have four teams, like, to pull out of my back pocket. So um, let's go through these one at a time. So the four teams, for those who have not been following along, he said the four teams would be Chicago Bears, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, almost messed that one up, uh the Saints and America's team the Cowboys. So, my question to you Chris, uh being the Seahawks expert here, if let's go through these teams one at a time in that order, if I if you were to trade Russell Wilson to the Bears, wh- what do you ask for? What's what's your ultimate price? And I mean, the negotiations would be different, but like what are you settling on?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I, I went through the rosters, um, earlier today, I had a look, I, I wrote down a few players for, for each team. Um, I mean, starting with the bears, uh, I mean, like I said, I need three ones, uh, two second round picks and a starter. Um, the bears first round pick this year is, uh, is 20th overall, Oof. not, not, not great. Not awful i mean pretty well uh there, there's 32 teams in the league so not quite in in the mid uh middle of the round there but uh let, let's let's call it the middle of the first round um it's not great i i mean right out right there uh i want a young player um because it's it, it, it's 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 not a great pick and their first round pick next year, probably not going to be great if Russell Wilson's playing there the first round pick the following year, if Russell Wilson's still there again, they're going to be very successful. Uh, so I have a guy here, uh, Cole commit uh, tight end. Uh, he just turned 22 actually uh, today. So happy birthday, Cole commit. Um, he would be a guy that, I mean, tight end is uh, a, a big need for the Seattle Seahawks. It, it has been for, a number of years i mean they traded for jimmy graham uh that never really panned out uh, but they've always john schneider's always been searching for that uh for that number one tight end guy uh will disley had a couple of good years uh unfortunately uh couldn't stay healthy and i think the the seahawks by the sounds of things uh appear to me maybe moving on from thinking will disley is their number one tight end um you also have to look at the Bears roster. Uh, you know they they have a guy there that could be a serviceable quarterback. Uh, you know, as, as at least a stopgap guy in Nick Foles. Um, he's obviously not a long term answer there. He's also uh, 32 years old, which I think is the same age as Russ. So not a long term answer, but some someone that could maybe come in and, and fill in for a few years until the Seahawks find uh, find their new guy. Uh, and then you also have to look at it uh, from a contract aspect. Uh, Russell Wilson, of course, has a big contract. Uh, in order for that to to move one way, the Bears are probably going to want to send a big contract back to the Seahawks. Uh, so, of course, I put down Khalil Mack. Um, again, it uh, fills another position of need for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth on their defensive line. I mean, they just... Uh, cut their best pass rusher from a year ago, in Carlos Dunlap the other day in a cost-saving measure. Um, so, from the Bears, that would probably be the three guys that I would be looking um, for from from the Bears. Either uh, one of those guys, or a combination of two of those guys, depending on on how uh, you know how how they can make it all work. Yeah, I
0: I think that's you know we we've been talking about these for the last little bit and. Uh, One of the first things you said to me, and of course, I had never really looked into Russell Wilson's contract or anything like that. But um, this is all theoretical because we should say that Russ is not going anywhere because of his, what, $58 million in dead cap.
1: Well, I just want to touch on that really quick, Um, actually, because I I saw something on Twitter the other day from a guy uh, that I follow there uh, named Rob Staten. He's actually out of uh, England. And he writes uh, that, uh, let me just pull it up here. So yes, cutting Russell, or trading Russell Wilson this year um, does create a $39 million dead, ha- dead cap hit this year. Um, inconvenient, um, not great, but they still have freedom and flexibility. Um, if you wait 12 months, as many are saying to wait, not trade in this year, wait till next year, you still end up with $26 million in dead money in 2022. So really that only is the sake of saving $13 million. Um, if they make the trade happen this year or, and deal with a $39 million cap hit this year, it would actually open up $178 million in <laughs> cap space next year. So yes, there is dead cap and yes, it is something that they, you know, the Seahawks have to think about, and especially in a negative cash flow uh year, um, for not only the Seattle Seahawks, but the entire NFL. Do they really want to eat thirty nine million dollars in dead cap this year? When hopefully next year, um, you know, they're in a better cash flow position after allowing fans back in the stadium this year. So
0: yeah, I'm not sure where he's getting his $39 million from. from. Um, I'm sure there's people out there that are way more privy to the cap than I am. I find that stuff so unbelievably confusing. Um, just when I think I understand what the cap actually means. You got this, someone yelling this number, someone yelling that number. But I think the bottom line is that cap number is way too big right now. Um, and I like in your theory thing how you're talking about picking up a guy like... Somebody's got to throw the football. So, why not take a guy like um, Nick Foles coming back? Um, I love the idea of a Cole Komet. You know, he's still on a rookie contract. Whoever you get in at quarterback is going to need, you know, safety blankets. Who better than, you know, a durable, reliable kind of tight end guy? And then, yeah, Khalil Mack, I mean, if they want to give a contract back going the other way, to me, I feel like they don't need to do that. If I'm the Seahawks um, and I've got the leverage of saying like, no, like we're giving you Russ, we're not going to take a contract back. No, it's a totally different thing. If, you know, Khalil Mack is the guy you want, Khalil Mack's the guy you want, like, sure. Add that in and make it seem like you're doing them a favor saying, okay, well, yeah, you know what? We'll take Khalil Mack. But like, I don't know. We'll we'll use a pick on uh, on a young quarterback, and we don't want Nick Foles. Like he's your problem. Like I don't, I don't care what you do with Nick Foles. I don't care what you do with Trubisky. You want Wilson? You come get him. But it's going to be on our terms. So I, I like the the evaluation back on that. Let's go to um my man crush's team, Mike Mayock's team, the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, my goodness. I know I told you this and I know you hated it, but I would love to see Russell Wilson in the Death Star next year. Oh, my goodness. The first place I'm going after COVID if Russell Wilson goes to the Las Vegas Raiders is to go watch them in the Death Star. That thing looks nutty. So what do you want to send Russ to the Death Star? What's your cost?
1: And, you know, I I think not only you would love to see Russell Wilson in uh, the Las Vegas Death Star, um, but I think the league would love to see Russell Wilson down in the Las Vegas Death Star. I mean, is Las Vegas going to struggle in that market? Are they going to have a hard time selling tickets? No, absolutely not. I mean, they're going to uh, flock to Las Vegas uh, as soon as they can. Um, But for the league. Uh, and, and and that team to be able to add someone with russell wilson's uh pedigree and russell wilson's uh i don't know do we call it swagger his his name recognition let's call it that um w- w- would be huge for that team um again not that the raiders need help selling tickets Uh, but again, looking at their roster, looking at their draft picks, um, again, they're, they're right in that mid first round range. They are a few drafts ahead of the bears. They're in at number 17. Um, so again, not, uh, not great. Um, you know, again, there I'm looking at uh, at younger players. Um, one of the guys that I kind of uh, keyed in on there that also fills in a, a position of need for the Seahawks is Max Crosby, uh, defensive end. Uh, he's 23 years old, going to be 24, uh, I think at the start of the season or right after the season starts, somewhere around there um you know young player again on a rookie contract uh, i think he's got uh, i think it's one year left on that rookie contract so it is someone that the seahawks would uh, have to worry about re-signing in the offseason if they were to do something like that um but again it feels a position of, of big need for the for the seahawks uh you're going to notice a bit of a trend here with my raiders players compared to the bears players i've got another tight end here i've got darren waller Um, Again, like I said, John Schneider's looking for that guy. um, And Darren Waller uh, has proven that he can be that guy. I I know that you uh, probably have lots of good things to say about him as he was formerly with the Ravens. Oh, Um, man,
0: I could talk forever about Darren Waller. Um, Yeah, wide receiver. I think they got him, I think it was like a sixth round pick. Um, Had some really tough off the field issues. Battled through it while playing with the Raver with the Ravens, um, they actually converted him to tight end because of his speed, and immediately the dude is a mismatch for any linebacker trying to cover him. Um, and you put a corner or a safety on him, and they're just too small for him. The guy is an absolute freak. I love how he has overcome that addiction issue. Um, I love seeing players overcome those personal things. You know, a guy that just, you know, left the Seahawks. You wish a guy like Josh Gordon could have figured it out. Oh, if you're getting Darren Waller back in that deal, I I think you're winning something at least.
1: And, and then again, um, I mean, the Seattle Seahawks need someone to throw the ball. So Derek Carr, <laughs> uh, I think needs to be, uh, either you know, if not on that, if not part of that deal, he needs to be part of the conversation. Um, is he not so on it, a
0: big contract, too? Did he not just sign uh, a, a bigger contract?
1: Yeah, but Gruden doesn't like him, right? I
0: mean, uh, let's, I always heard he was Gruden's I can, guy. I mean, nobody yeah. really, to be honest, nobody really knows what Gruden is doing nine, 90% of the time.
1: I um, mean, Gruden's on, uh, on, on the contract that Gruden can do if Gruden wants to do. Um Girden's the highest but paid reader. While I look at Derek Carr's contract here, I, I do want to add, though, you know, Russell Wilson, here's my issue with the with the Raiders, and here's why, um, you know, yeah, sure, a few weeks ago, Russell Wilson said the rest, the Las Vegas Raiders were on his list. I don't know if they still would be today. Um, You look at the moves that the Raiders have made over the last few weeks. Um, They just traded their starting tackle, Trent Brown. Uh, He's going back to the Patriots where he uh, was before. They cut Gabe Jackson. They're letting Richie Incognito go to free agency. Um, So all of a sudden, that's, that's three out of five guys on the starting offensive line that aren't going to be there next year. Um, I mean, I guess, sure, they could be on a uh, smaller contract, but let's, for conversation's sake, say they're not going to be there. Uh, So now Russ is going from what he's saying is not a very good line in Seattle where he's getting hit too much to a line in Las Vegas where who knows what that's going to look like. Who knows who they're going to be able to bring in, who are they going to be able to sign, especially once they bring in, you know, the, the Russell Wilson uh, contract Um, that leaves a lot of question marks for me. Uh, Looking at Derek Carr's contract here, uh, he's got, he's only got two years remaining uh, on the contract. Uh, And really it's, it's only one year having a look here. uh, There's no dead cap tied to his contract in 2022. Um, So if the Seahawks were, to bring him in, it, it could just be a one year option uh, and release him next year with no cap Im- implications.
0: So you want him to be more of like a throw in guy then, because you're you're not putting a player in this trade package to get assets back. If you're thinking like, well, at least we can cut him next year. Again, um, back the, to the, the other fold. thing I think you you want to think about when you're Russ, I think you make a really good point. Like, okay. I just want to be traded from the only place I've ever known because I'm getting hit too much. And now I'm going to get hit just in a different city. And I'm going from a place where I have guys like Lockett. I have guys like Metcalf, um, guys like Rashad Penny. I've got some weapons, but now I have to include Darren Waller coming back the other way. So I'm left with, um, and he's, he was one of my favorite guys last year, Henry Ruggs being an Alabama guy. Um, but a Henry Ruggs, Josh Jacobs doesn't entice me when, you know, like you said, maybe I can't even get those guys the ball because they're dealing with the same issues my
1: last team had. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned guys like, you know, Lockett, Rashad Penny, DK Metcalf, um, just from the Seattle Seahawks management aspect, you have to think about keeping those guys happy too. Is is DK Metcalf going to want to stick around long term if you trade away Russell Wilson and you bring in a guy like Nick Foles? If you bring in a guy like Derek Carr, um, he's a free agent after this this year. He's he's on his last year of his r- rookie contract. He's a second second round pick, so there is no fifth year option. Um, so so where do you go from there?
0: Yeah, it, it's a great point. Um... I think what this is really showing is the fact that um, while these things look good on paper, you know, drum up fan interest from, you know, an agent saying these are the four teams in reality, I don't think they work very well. So it kind of leads us really well into the saints. Um, You and I were just looking at this and the saints are in cap hell. Like, They are in cap hell with Drew Brees taking what, I think he took like a $25 million pay cut, like just flat out pay cut in, I guess, good faith to retire. Um, But I, even with that, they are, where were we reading this? Um, They are, $53.7 53.7 million dollars in cap hell. There is no way in hell they are getting Russell Wilson because guess what? Russ comes with a big contract too. So I I think this is another classic case of like what do they have to cut to get a guy like Russell Wilson? Maybe there's something involved with like a contract going back the other way. I'm sure you I'm sure part of the deal has to include Taysom Hill or uh, Jameis Winston, which if I'm you and I'm the Seahawks, I'm saying, no, you keep those guys. Like, I I don't want those guys at all. They're your problem. You dealt with them. We don't want them at all. But, you know, to make it plausible, I think you have to take contracts back because what's going to happen? Well, they got to cut their whole O-line. They got to cut that whole defense that held that team in all last year. And then they're going to be at zero. Like, they're $53 million in cap. That's a lot of cap space to free up just by cutting guys. And then you have to think, well, Russ's big contract is coming over too. So if you are the Seahawks, like, is this even a conversation?
1: It, 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 it's funny because, you know, you again, you mentioned – weapons, and when, when I heard uh, what Russell Wilson is looking for, he's going to go, for a, go to a team with a good offensive line and with weapons. And like you said, we already talked about this, and the first team that came to my mind, and I told you this, was the New Orleans Saints, and then you said, Chris, no, don't be a dumb. They have no cap space to make this happen. <laughs> um, I'm having a look at it right now. I don't know how up-to-date this is. It looks like the Saints are... Uh, <laughs> 32 million in the hole. Sorry, um, it, well, it, it, again, they made a couple of cuts. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders got cut. Right. Um, I'm not sure who else got. I know there was another recent cut there um, to help kind of free up some space. But then they went out and franchise tagged uh, Marcus Williams, their their safety. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously, they're they're hoping for um, to to be able to come up with a long term. Uh, extension there before the season starts and before the, uh, the franchise tank uh, window closes. Um, but again, they're just, you know, it seems like they're shooting themselves in the foot, um, but they have the weapons. Uh, they have a Michael Thomas, they have Alvin Kamara. They have the, the good offensive line, but can they make it work again? We're looking at draft picks. The, the Saints are, are pick number 28 this year. Um, again, it, it's not getting much better from there. With if Russell it's Wilson comes to from, go, to comes to town, situations. right? It we're, we're, yeah, we're going from bad to worse. Uh, we're going from now 28 to next year. Is that going to be 31? Is that going to be 32? Who knows? With Russ, there, right? It, it, they're going to be successful. Um, Again, you're, you're going to notice a, a, a trend here. Um, I've got Cam Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, yeah, he maybe getting a little up there in age. But again, feels a big need for the Seahawks. And it helps the Saints because it gets a bit, you know, sends a big contract back to the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know if I'd necessarily say helps the Saints, but from a cap perspective, sure. Um, I've got Ryan Ramchek, They're starting right tackle. Again, if if that's part of the package coming back to Seattle, is that a move that Russ really wants to make? Now he's losing arguably one of the best starting right tackles in in the league, uh, protecting him on the offensive line. But he's a young guy, he's 26, almost 27. So someone I'd love to see.
0: The interesting thing with these trade scenarios, like you keep saying, um, you'll notice a trend. Well, the whole issue with the Seahawks. probably similar to the Ravens is their biggest offseason need is the line. Yeah. So they want to trade like they want any trade has to include probably some sort of lineman. I would assume. But that, Boy, that's what got us into the whole trouble in the first place. If I'm, you know, Russell Wilson and my agent, like, well, great. I'm going to like, okay. I have Mike Thomas cancel that out with DK Metcalf. Like I've got Alvin Kamara. Well, we had Lockett. Oh, now we don't have an O-line. And we have negative money to go find like those resources.
1: And it's funny you say that because it's actually the Saints are the only team that I'm looking at their offensive line. Um, you know, there would have been guys on the Raiders, I'm sure, if they <laughs> hadn't cut and traded some of the guys that they just did that I, I would have maybe included them on my list. Um, but it's either an offensive line or a tight a, a young tight end that is taking away one of his weapons um the last guy i have on my list for the saints is cesar Ru- ruiz um he's a 21 almost 22 year old uh they, they've got him listed as a guard slash center i think he played center at the uh, university of michigan uh doesn't look like he got into any games last year um we all know. I mean, looking at the Seattle Seahawks offensive line these last few years, they love those versatile guys. They love the guys who can play uh, center. They love the guys who can squeeze, you know, move over to guard. Uh, they ha- they have a need at both uh, left guard and center with uh, uh, Mikey Apati retired and Ethan Posick is uh, is a unrestricted free agent. So those guys were were starters on the Seahawks line last year and and they're gone. So it's definitely a position of need again.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think you bring up, you know, exactly what we've been talking about. Um, definitely. Cesar Ruiz would be a guy that um, they would look at and want. I remember. Um, um, I remember last year there was this big talk like, Oh, maybe that's like the, the selection, the Ravens get this guy from um, little brother's, College team um, fills a need. Again, same thing with Ravens and Seahawks. Like, they both love those versatile linemen that, like, oh, our center goes down. Okay, well, our left guard can shoot over to center. Like, those guys are so invaluable. But, again, goes back to that whole same problem. You get rid of a guy like Ruiz and you get rid of a guy like Ramcheck. Well, now you can't get the ball to Mike Thomas because you're, again, running for your life. Like, there's only so much pass protection Alvin Kamara can do there's only so much chipping with a tight end on the block that you can do uh, to save that. So the last team we have here, um, we kind of came up with this idea of going through these trade scenarios before uh, the big Dak Prescott deal. And so that immediately takes the Cowboys um, off the list. We're not going to see Russ in terms of being America's guy. We won't see him with the star on there. Um this was one deal that um, a couple of buddies and I have been talking about Dak you know, for years and Jerry Jones beating around the bush, trying to, do you sign a guy early? Do you wait? Do you play it out? Um, there was thoughts that if they did this deal three years ago, two years ago, whatever it was when they were first in conversation, that you could have probably la- locked Dak up for, I think it was low 30s, maybe mid 30s, kind of like similar to what Russ has. Um, but instead, and I'm a huge proponent of players making the, the money as much as they can because the careers are so short. So he gets um, four years, $160 million. I think it's a max deal of $164. Um, but essentially, he hits that $40 million a year. Um, so good for Dak. Dak. I find it really funny. I was thinking about this. I was listening to uh, Rich Eisen podcast on the way home from work. And I was just thinking about the deals that Jerry Jones makes. And this, like, I would hate to be a Cowboys fan. Like, this guy always rounds up to the nearest five or ten million. Like, hey, we got Amari Cooper. Well, my brain doesn't work that way. So let's give him a hundred million at five years. Yeah, yeah, that works because that's 20 million a year. Oh, easy for me to think about. Oh, Zeke Elliott, 75 by 5. Yeah, I can do that. It's uh, really easy. Like um, Same with Dak. Yeah, okay, 40 million. But man, good for Dak. I I don't know how much more that team can put into top loading. Like, Dak's going to have to put up 90 plus points a game in order for that team to contend unless they just only draft offensive players for the next five years. Um. And even then I, I would still be a little shocked. Um, what did you think of the DAC deal when, when you heard it come out?
1: I mean, obviously I, I thought the, the, the scene that, that you did um, it's a lot of, a lot of money for a guy that uh, he's got one playoff victory in his NFL career. Um, I don't want to, talk too much about that victory. Cause all well, it came against my Seahawks, but, uh, it's it still that, that wound is a little fresh still. Um, I, I, I will say this, uh, I I did see after the the news broke, you know, four years, 160 million, uh, 126 guaranteed, 40 years, uh, 40 million a year, uh, yada yada yada. That uh, it actually came out after the fact that it's actually a six-year contract um, that voids after four years, Um, and they did that. So, I mean, yeah, Dak still gets his 40 million a year, but it lowers the cap hit, which I actually thought was a really smart. Uh, thing for uh Jerry to do which um I mean like you said he's he's not necessarily known for making the best decisions um that is a a, a rare victory for for Jerry and the and the Cowboys um and it's a huge victory for Dak I mean 4 years from now he's going to be 31 years old he's going to be in a position to sign another one of these monster contracts Um, you know, like you see, I mean, Russell Wilson is 32 and he's making, uh, you know, right now, 35 million a year. Um, so Dak four years from now, and if he puts up the numbers that I'm sure the Cowboys and everyone else expects him to, what is he going to be at then?
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like you always hear these guys and I, I mean, I think it's obviously a little different when a guy signs for $160 million. I don't think he's worrying about money for the rest of his life. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but <laughs> you hear these uh, NFL guys always shooting for that lucrative second contract after, like, their rookie. Now, he kind of went about his in an unconventional way. Um, uh, we were I was talking to a good buddy of mine, and we were talking about, imagine guys only played on those one-year franchise deals. Like, they would probably make a ton more statistically. There's just, you know... The Ryan Shazier effect where it's like nobody's going to do that because in a contact sport like this you know you just can't guarantee that you are going to be healthy that you're going to be safe
1: Um I so, think yeah, for can... the one position that might make sense for to play on that franchise tag like that though punter is the <laughs> punter yes Let's, franchise tag the punter year after year <laughs> But it is the it has to be the quarterback, right? I mean, he, the 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 way the the rules are set up in the league now, um, they're, they're designed to protect the quarterbacks. Um, the, the money that the teams are spending on their offensive lines, except for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, to protect their quarterback. Um, it, it, everything is is lined up that it makes the most sense that if you are going to look at it from that aspect of, well, I'll just put on the franchise tag year after year to do it from the quarterback position. Did uh, I I believe it, Kirk cousins played on the franchise tag. Was it two years in a row before he signed his fully guaranteed contract?
0: Yeah. And I I think that's where you're going to start seeing these contracts go. Like um, I was just thinking about the idea and I, I posed this out to the Twitter world. And of course I don't have that many followers, so I didn't get a ton of, heat on this but i was it. (laughs) you saw it you also didn't comment on it so thank you for that um i was wondering the idea of negotiating with players where you're willing to give them 100 guaranteed contracts to lower those cap hits right like from a business like from the team's perspective like yeah, of course, you're a little concerned about something like that, because, you know, what happens if you get hit with that one rare injury bug um, that takes them out career ending? OK, I, I, I totally get that. With that being said, how many fully career ending injuries have we really seen? Right. Some of them are like career lingering injuries, which you also don't want, but you um, I I feel like there's going to be a trend coming out in the next five years, um, especially if the salary cap does not go up considerably. Um, You're going to see guys maybe taking, I don't know, maybe $5-6 million less a year to have it fully guaranteed. I mean, I feel like I would do that. I'm also, you know, a pretty middle-class person who would also take a million dollars to do some really dumb things. So what do I know? (laughs) Yeah, put on a helmet and run through this brick wall for a million dollars. Sure. Why not? Sure. His
1: name's Ray Lewis. Uh, I changed my mind. Sorry. (laughs) I don't think it's so much, um, the, the players would love these fully guaranteed contracts. And obviously I'm not going to speak for, for these guys, um, saying that they would love to take less money. Um, if the contract is fully guaranteed, cause like you said, we're, um, middle-class guys up in Canada, just uh, talking about NFL contracts that uh, we would love to have a fraction of that money. Um, But it's, it's the teams, right? It's the teams that are uh, worried about the risk. It's the teams that don't want to sign these guaranteed contracts and um, dead money. Everyone talks about dead money and dead cap space, right?
0: Yeah. And um I can't remember what the exact number was, but I think the Ravens are, I want to say in the top 10 for sure, for some reason, the seventh highest dead cap team in the league, thanks to your boy, uh, Earl Thomas. Um, But yeah, those are the kind of things you want to avoid because essentially you're eating roster space um, for a guy that's not playing for you, right? And being both hockey Canucks fans, we know how that feels with the ever lasting Roberto Luongo contract.
1: Oh, yes. the Vancouver Canucks, the only team in the league to be hit with the
0: The recapture penalty. the, the, the,
1: the, The recapture penalty for a guy after he retires when he's playing for another team.
0: Yeah, totally. So I did want to touch on one more thing before we 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 move on from this idea of signing contracts because this is one that kind of hits home to Ravens fans, and that's um, there's lots of buzz the last few days about you know if you're the Ravens, do you wait on a Lamar Jackson deal or do you try to get in as fast as possible? Now, my initial reaction was you got to do this before Josh Allen gets his money. You got to do this before Baker signs a contract because the price only goes up. Now, I was listening to a couple other schools of thought on this, and I I thought it was actually kind of an interesting point. Um, Nobody's touching Mahomes' money, right? Nobody's getting to that 45 annually. So we're playing between... We all know that... um, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are getting more than Dak. We just, I think that's kind of just how the QB money goes. Um, they get sort of pigeon held into these two different things. Like, well, I'm better than Dak. Okay, but you're not better than Mahomes or whatever those conversation topics are like. They kind of all go in those same sort of paths. So anyways, this guy was saying that if you're the Ravens, he would actually wait as long as humanly possible to re-sign him. And he's like, the thing is, like, we're playing with five millions of dollars here. We're not playing with, like, oh, if I sign him earlier, maybe I can save 10 million. Maybe I can save 15 million. Like, you might save a million or two annually on a contract. So he was like, I would actually wait as long as possible Um to try and win in a Super Bowl window right now. And I just, I thought that was an interesting kind of thought. I'd never really stopped to think about that kind of an idea. Like, well, we know he's not getting 45 million. So um, why don't we just wait him out? What do you think of those kind of ideas of waiting out to sign your quarterback?
1: I agree. Like you said, there's... Josh Allen, there's Baker Mayfield, there's Lamar Jackson, there's three guys that are all going to be coming up around the same time. It's going to be a domino effect, right? It, it, it's it's like the trade market, and um, you know, waiting for that first big domino to fall. Um, you know, let's say uh, Baker Mayfield is the first to sign, and he gets forty one million a year. Well, Josh Allen's going to want forty two, and Lamar's going to want forty three, right? So it's like you said, it, it's a, a constant one up one upmanship um, where, you know, the other guy's always looking to make more than the other guy. Um, do I think that, you know, it's really just a giant pissing match, uh, you know, guys, uh, it's not going to make a difference whether they sign him this year, whether they wait to the very last minute, they're not getting to that 45 or a year that that Mahomes is making anyways. Um, the only guy out of those three that might come close would be Lamar. Um, but it would take a Super Bowl victory, uh, to get him there.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's where I keep going back to. Like, um, obviously, my hopes, and you know, it, I believe they're actually pretty realistic that this is a Super Bowl contending team right now. Um, so if he does win a Super Bowl and he's got that unanimous MVP behind him, um, you know. I think he's getting over $45 a year. The interesting part with him, though, um, as opposed to most people, is he's actually his own agent. And I think a lot of people forget about the fact that um, your agent, their job, their livelihood revolves around getting clients the best deals. Now, they can't just go take, you know, oh, I'll just do like a team-friendly deal of like you know, 15 million less because then that looks bad on them for lower level clients and other clients that they're trying to get in. So um, it uh, it's definitely a weird one and it's going to be an interesting one to see um, how Lamar negotiates his contract, whether he's putting in those, you know, we're starting to see all these no movement clauses thrown in every single deal.
1: Um, Which is such a hockey thing to, to see. It's not something you see a lot in football contracts and I remember when Russ signed his and he he had that no trade clause. I was like, what is this, an NHL contract? I mean, those are handed out like candy in the NHL. and Very, very rare thing to see in the NFL.
0: Yeah, definitely. And of course, like I said it earlier, I'm always a huge proponent of the players getting as much of that power and control. Like we're talking about billionaire owners here, man. Like they got their money they aren't going for for less um and it's the players who are putting their health on the line um and you just don't know what those ramifications are long term we just saw that with vincent jackson right um okay let's uh let's move into a little more recent news and uh the uh nfl comp picks just got announced today um I was super pumped with these. I sent you a message right away being like, man, we got to talk comp picks. And you were like, yeah, whatever. We'll talk comp picks. Do you want to let everyone know why you don't want to talk comp picks?
1: I gave you uh, a very big fat zero reaction to that because I have uh, zero comp picks. Uh, um, the only guy that maybe could have generated a comp pick from the Seattle Seahawks last year was Judevian Clowney. And of course, he waited to sign until after training camp because um, he's a veteran and doesn't have to go to training camp. I guess I don't know. Didn't really pay off for him, um, but yeah, I have no comp picks. Uh, um, so yeah, picks how are, how are, are the Ravens the- doing? <laughs> yeah,
0: the comp picks are always one of those really um, interesting things because it's this like shroud of mystery with comp picks. Like nobody knows how the hell you get these things. Nobody knows like what the formula... Apparently, there is a formula, and certain teams have got it figured out. And uh, luckily, <laughs> the Ravens have it figured out. I think they're um, in the top three since comp picks were awarded. Um, I think New England's up there. I think Green Bay Packers are up there. Um, so the good news for the Ravens today is we got two comp picks, Um, the first one is pick 104 in the draft so that that's a good pick that's a third round pick and they got this for uh, David Cully the assistant GM of their uh, team last year who just got hired by the Texans in the new um, minority signing I can't even remember what the rule is called now do you remember what it's oh, called? Oh,
1: uh, is that the Arthur Rooney? Is
0: it is it still called the Art Rooney Rule? Yeah. So yeah. hiring a minority coach, David Culley, um, he's, I think he's like 65 or something like that. He's been everywhere in the NFL, finally getting his shot. Um, And yeah, the Ravens cashed in on a coach, which is, you know, I never thought I would ever talk about my team winning picks in a draft because they lost a coach to someone else. And to be honest, like, he was an assistant coach. I'm sure, he like, nobody knows what his role is, and I think that's kind of, like, indicative of a lot of coaching staff other than your offensive, defensive coordinator, head coach, and maybe special teams coach. Um, So, no, I mean, the Ravens have this coaching carousel every year, it seems. We're losing a defensive coordinator. Um, So they got that one for a third-round pick. And they got a fifth-round pick, uh, the 183 overall for defensive tackle Michael Pierce. Now, this is a super interesting, like, two really wild comp picks this year. Um, Pierce signs that big contract with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. But the whole talk around this last year, um, you know, when COVID was just beginning to be a thing, not a year later... uh, (laughs) was he was one of those players that opted out and nobody knew what the opt-out was going to do to these comp picks and nobody knew what um, it was going to do to contracts. Did it roll the contract over? Did it use it? Um, and it turns out it worked in the Ravens' favor again, so another good day. I think a lot of Ravens fans and minds were thinking between a fifth and a sixth, we get a fifth-round pick. So, um Never something to complain about. Two extra draft picks, one of them being a third-round pick. That's a that's a quality pick there.
1: Coming from uh, a guy who cheers for, cheers for a team who only has four picks in in the entire draft this year, <laughs> two more would have been really nice.
0: Every pick counts, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um,
0: I guess the other thing that goes along with that is the recently released salary cap. Um final number. I know a lot of people were saying it's gonna be 180 million. Then everybody was told to use 180.5. Everyone was saying, Ola oh, well, it could go up as high as 185. And it was just this total guessing match. Um, yesterday I was watching a presser of Eric DaCosta, and even during that presser, he didn't know what the number was. And um he was saying that he always goes into these things thinking the worst. Like, you know, his capologist, whoever that is, tells him he always wants, give me the worst case scenario. I can work with the worst case scenario. So I'm running this ship with thinking I got 180.5. So he's probably pretty pumped that he gets two extra million. I'm sure he would have liked more. But the thing with those is, okay, he gets two extra million dollars, but then so does everybody else. It's not like he gets two extra million dollars. It's just he gets two extra million dollars to work with, with everybody else. So I guess the advantage goes to the teams that aren't in cap hell and they just get a little extra flexibility, like $2 million is not fixing anything with the, the saints, $33 million or whatever it was.
1: So so anyone who isn't the saints or the Rams is uh, getting an extra 2 million (laughs) and and they're happy. Yeah. The big thing with the, with the salary cap, I mean, 182.5, um, that's a $16 million decrease yeah. from last year. That's a big drop. Um, and, you know, I, I, I know COVID and the pandemic and, um, you know, the, the, the league operated uh, this past season with, um, you know, essentially zero fans. Um, the Seattle Seahawks didn't have a single fan at any of their games, including their playoff game this past season. So they brought in zero revenue. Um still a little bit surprising. I mean, the, 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 the new TV contract hasn't been, uh, I don't think it's been released yet, but from no. what I I'm hearing um, these new TV contracts are just going to be an absolute albatross um, of, you know, insane amounts of money, but still um, $16 million decrease. I mean, you already seen it start um, and I think it's going to continue. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath um, of teams cutting they're um guys where they can big, big acts where they can right they're gonna cut these these big contract guys they're they're veteran guys it's really gonna hurt the vets um on these big contracts because it's not, it's not necessarily the team views them as expendable they just can't afford to pay them um and it's and it's going to turn around uh and you know i i know we were talking about this the other day as well um the, we're going to see a lot of uh, short-term contracts that yeah. are uh, very uh, incentive, uh, performance-based contracts. Um, you know, call it a, a, a prove-it year deal. Um, one year, maybe two-year deals, because who knows what's, what what happens with the cap next year. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how the vets uh, react to something like that. And are they going to be willing to take, uh, you know, a, a cut this year to, to potentially maybe make more next year? That's such a a, a big risk. Those and risky moves we were just talking about. Yeah. Um,
0: okay. So we're almost out of time. Let's, uh, I, I think we wanted to end with, you know, where each of our teams stand and kind of like give me one move that you hope to see um before the draft one move whether that's like you know somebody you want to see cut to free up cap space somebody you want to see traded some uh guy that you've seen that is out there that'll help your team that works with your cap space um and then i'll do the same after i'll I'll, Defer to you first
1: Yeah uh, I mean The, the Seahawks have uh, Roughly 20, mil- 20 million In cap space uh, If you factor in The draft um, And having to sign Those rookie contracts Let's say roughly 15 to 16 million dollars In cap space Uh, Seahawks have quite a few needs. Uh, Offensive line, obviously a big need. Cornerback, huge need. They've got Shaquille Griffin and Quinton Dunbar, both going to free agency. Uh, Running back, big need with uh, Chris Carson going to free agency. Yeah, they've got Rashad Penny there, but is he the answer? I don't know. Uh, Linebacker, uh, you know, Bobby's getting older. KJ Wright's going to free agency. So again, big position of need. And wide receiver um yeah they have lockett and they have Metcalf, but they really need to find that solid number three guy uh i mean biggest move i'd love i'd like to see the seahawks make um you know obviously keep russ happy um you know let's bring in an offensive line guy can, can i say the biggest move i'd like to see them not make is just not trade russell wilson um <laughs> give, but me one, it, it,
0: give me one of the guys that you've seen out there maybe it's somebody that you've seen that didn't get franchised, maybe it's somebody that's, you know, been cut. Give me one name that you want to see the Seahawks go after.
1: I don't know if I'm going to uh, pronounce this properly. Joe, is it Joe Tooney? Yeah, it's Tooney. Tooney, Tooney from, the, from the Patriots uh, offensive guard. Uh, I believe he's a left guard too, which like I said, he, he, Patty, um retired, so left guard's a huge need. Um, and, you know, I'd love to see the Seahawks... I don't think they can make it happen, but I'd love to see them make a run at your guy, Orlando Brown Jr. Uh he's to, up for to trade. Be be the next in line to Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown's uh, I think he's 36 years old. He doesn't have much run left in him. Uh they've got they have to start thinking about that that left tackle, that blind side protector of the future. Um so a couple a couple names there I'd like to see the Seahawks uh keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, I think uh This offseason in particular is going to be really interesting for the two of our teams because the needs are just so similar. We need edge guys. Um, You know, the Ravens need wide receiver help. Um, But most of all, um, uh, the offensive line. And like you said, there's a little bit of uncertainty with Orlando Brown Jr., Um, so I think the Seahawks and the Ravens are going to be kind of fighting for a couple of these guys. I know Joe Tooney has been a name that has been, uh, sort of passed around in the Seahawks or the, sorry, the Ravens, um, Twitterverse. Um, Track does this interesting thing where they, uh, do this calculated market value thing and I mean, take it for whatever you want. Um, I'm sure, you know, agents do this as well. They have Joe Tooney as a 15.3 annual average salary. Um, that's probably a little too rich for the Ravens blood. If they're going to go that way, hopefully you get a guy um, a little younger than that. Um, but yeah, the, the the one big need this team has is center. I mean, they lost their playoff game um, because guys couldn't snap the ball, literally threw it over Lamar Jackson's head he had to run to the end zone and chuck it up in a prayer. Ended up getting tackled by two guys, concussion, leaves the game. Uh, there goes the season because the guy couldn't snap the ball. Um, biggest needs center. Um, I know Ravens fans, and this is seems like it's every year, just clamoring for a wide receiver. Everybody wanted Allen Robinson to come to Baltimore. There was a hashtag A-Rob to Baltimore uh, thing trending on the Ravens flock. Um, I'm more of, I I can't decide who I want more because they're both more value type signings because the Ravens are a little more, um, against the cap. I think the big one, if I had to only pick one, I'm, I want Corey Lindsley, um, 29 year old. He's going to, this is going to be his age 30 season. I think linemen, I'm okay with them being up there a little more in age because, uh, they tend to play longer into their career. Spotrac has him as a market value of around that 10 million. I think it says 9.7 a season. That's a that's a good fix along the offensive line. But I mean, you lose Orlando Brown and you're missing half your line now because they do need a guard, they need center, they need a tackle. So um, yeah, they got to do that. Or part of me wants them to go get uh, Corey Davis. If I had to be super greedy, I'm picking Lindsley and Davis. Uh, shore up two needs, spend your cap there, give Lamar protection, just like Russ wants, give him some weapons like Russ has, and you'd be surprised to see what that kid could do.
1: Lindsay is a a guy that uh, I have on my wish list (laughs) as well here. Um, You know, like I said, Ethan Postick is a free agent this year. So center is going to be a big need for the Seahawks. Um, So Lindsley is definitely a guy I have on my list and, Corey Davis, um, you know, I had him on my fantasy team last year. <laughs> uh, he was an absolute steal for me last year. Um, we, we both know I I kind of went all in the season before um, to try to beat you in the finals. Didn't, didn't work happen. out my didn't work out in my favor, and uh, I went into last year with not a not a lot of draft picks, and the draft picks I had were really late. So I was really happy with Corey Davis. I think he had a huge year last year. Um, and it, I mean, it would give the the Ravens that that big body receiver that Lamar's never really had.
0: Yeah, I mean, they always wanted to build this like track team kind of thing around him. and to their credit, they did. Um, I think they realized that when they were bringing in a guy like Des, like we need this big outside receiver type guy that's gonna you know, catch those 50 50 balls. Um, it would be nice to have a variety at the wide receiver position where you have a guy that goes up and gets the ball like that. Um, the Ravens have just never had a true number one. They've never had Lockett. They've never had DK Metcalf, you know,
1: what about Steve Smith senior?
0: <laughs> I would have said, I mean, when he went there, he was such an awesome player. Um, Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Short time there loved every minute of him there, but obviously not the, uh, not not the same steve smith senior maybe physically and production wise but chirping and toughness man that guy's one of my favorite players of all time he's just so mean so one of my mean. all-time
1: all-time favorite receivers put you on the spot a little bit there um you know he, he's a recent memory guy but you you're right they've never really had that uh, that that true number one guy um you know he's the only one I could think of and even then he he was uh an import from another team that didn't want him right
0: yeah classic Ravens move I'll never forget the uh they asked Steve Smith senior what uh what do you want more a big touchdown catch or a decleater and without even blinking he's just like decleater, man de-cleater. was it in
1: was it in Baltimore when he came up with the uh ice up son ice line? up son One of my
0: favorite all-time video clips and obviously like rules change and stuff like that. They're playing Cincinnati and he catches the ball over the shoulder of Pac-Man Jones. Pac-Man catches up to him. He grabs him by the face mask with one hand from behind and dolls him like absolutely dolls him and like Pac-Man's head is like all mangled and he's doing cartwheel after cartwheel and he sort of just like does this tiptoe thing back into the end zone, and I'm like, man, that's a fun clip to watch.
1: Um, he uh, he was fun to watch, and you know, it's uh, to to certain, to, to, I guess, bring it back to my Seahawks. I mean, Doug Baldwin had said that he wore number 89 because of Steve Smith, and and you you watch uh, Doug Baldwin highlights, and and you do definitely see a lot of similarities there. So, um, you know, a couple guys that uh, that you, you you don't see come along every day
0: yeah definitely those fan favorites i'll take those kind of guys anytime even at the back end of their careers like i just want those guys on there um we're pretty much over time here now do you uh do you have anything you want to add to this or
1: no uh you know after uh we we spent so much time talking about this podcast I, i thought we were gonna have nothing to talk about today but uh you know here we are uh you know wrapping up episode one um happy to be here ball hawks pod please give us a follow uh and uh yeah no it's uh it's good to see you
0: yeah man same thing i think even as we first hit the record button to start this i think we had the idea that this is probably episode zero see how it goes and uh just like we had talked about in our dream stage, yeah, it's just gonna be two guys talking about football like like we want it to be. And no, lo and behold, two guys talking about football. Um yeah. I do want to give a couple quick shout-outs to some pretty important people who have made this kind of possible. Um, guys who have spent, you know, countless times helping us, you know, asking questions, stuff like that. Um I'm actually gonna give the first shout out to my wife in case she ever watches this, or listens to it. Um, I,
1: I I better give my wife one of those too because she texted me about 45 minutes ago that she was going to bed. So <laughs> shout out to my wife because I'm coming upstairs to wake you up soon.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, my <laughs> wife's been a rock star. She ordered the old mic stand for me and stuff like that. Um, in terms of podcasting, guys, our our good buddies Ryan Hank and uh, Ted Wong of the PP One podcast. Um, you know, those guys have just been you know ryan was just talking to us taking time out of his day same with ted like just so many thanks to those guys for just the countless hours of questions and calls and you know really just pumping us up being like you guys can do this don't don't overthink it just do it go for it you're gonna love it um and another guy that i follow on twitter his name is jake luke um he's one half of the baltimore beatdown podcast um you know, a guy I don't even know other side of the country, um, in the United States and was totally cool with, uh, just answering those Twitter questions for us and, um, you know, shedding some light on some expertise on how to make that happen. So much appreciated to those guys. You got anyone else you want to give a shout out to?
1: Uh, yeah, I've got uh, one more here to give out to uh, Wyatt Arnt, which uh, you know may just sound like a a regular guy to to some, but for those in the uh, the Canucks world, especially the Canucks Twitterverse, uh, he is of course uh, the Stanchion. Uh, I, uh, I such a cool name. I, I sent uh, Wyatt uh, a, a DM. Um, I mean, geez, a month and a half a month and a half ago. That's how long it took us to to get here. Um, you know, beyond all of the uh, pre talking, but you know, serious month and a half. And uh, and you know, he didn't have to to message me back, and and he he went out of his way to again. He replied back to me. I've never met this guy. Um, You know, I, I enjoy him on Twitter. I love his podcast, sent him a message to ask, you know, where do I start? What do I need for uh, you know, technology, technology was a big side of things that you and I both didn't understand, you know, didn't quite understand. And we're still working our way there. And, uh, and, and he, he took the time out to say, Hey, you know what? I can't mess. I, I can't get back to you right away, but I will get back to you. And he did. So Big huge shout out to to the stanchion why aren't there. He was a big help. Um, you know, I'm I'm using the uh the Yeti mic based on his suggestions. So
0: Yeah, man. It's just really cool to see this whole like kind of like podcasting, like family kind of thing where, you know, guys are just starting out like we are and they just have all the time in the world to help us out and just totally selflessness, um, awesome people. So uh big shout out and thanks to all of those people. Um, again, you can find us at BallHawks underscore pod. Uh, I'm Steve Fisher. You can give me a follow at SSFisher87. Uh, follow Chris at backwards. Just kidding, not at backwards, but Phillips, Chris12. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter. Thanks for joining us. Peace.
1: We control this. We run this. And anybody coming out. You
0: dealt with. Touchdown, Seahawks. Do, did, will—the story of people podcast—is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. and Jackie Hollowayati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods and on the Crier media network.
1: I'm Matt Kundel, host of the Sound Off podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.